great things of being a part of such a vital and great church as this is that we rejoice with our fellow members at times when rejoicing is to be done. We have two of our own young people who this week will be leaving our midst and community to assume studies as a part of either the American Field Service Program or the Rotary Scholarship Program. Debbie O'Brien, daughter of Marty and Dottie O'Brien, will be leaving, as I understand it, on Tuesday of this week for Chile to be gone there as part of the Rotary Exchange Program. And she's with us today, and we want to welcome her well and God's blessing on this new form of ministry and exciting endeavor. But one of the unique things about it is that we received in our community yesterday a young man from Chile who is a part of the American Field Service educational program. Herman Schwartz has come to us from Chile. He's a Lutheran by background and will be staying at the home of the elder and Mrs. Terrell in Wellington Greens as he attends Mars High School. And another one of our young chaps, Mark Dixon, son of Elder Frank and Mary Lou Dixon, leaves this week as a part of the American Field Service to be a student in Belgium. These three people, young people, are here. I'd like them to stand so that we can welcome the one and say goodbye to two of our others. Will you please stand? There they are. Let us greet them with our expression. We turn in God's word now to the book of James, the first chapter beginning to read at the 16th verse. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good endowment and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rank growth of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Amen and amen. I want you to think with me today about a very normal and natural emotion that is within each one of us. Anger. There's not a person here or listening to my voice who does not have the potential of becoming angry at the drop of a hat. Anger is just 
as much a part of us as is breathing, sleeping, eating, and loving, and talking, and thinking. You can't escape possessing this particular emotion. Now, though anger is never, ever a beautiful thing, you never hear of anybody talking about beautiful anger. Never is anger pretty. Nevertheless, it does do some good. And we must never overlook the good that anger can do in the world. It was when Jesus got angry in church one day that he cleansed it of its evilness, throwing out the money changers and bird salesmen and turning what had become a den of thieves back into a house of prayer. It was when Florence Nightingale, Nightingale got angry that there were some improvements made in our hospital cares. Billy Mitchell got angry, and as a result, we have the United States Air Force. Some of our reformers got angry, and that is what brought about some changes for the good in the church. The Boston Tea Party began, and the Vietnamese War ended because some people got angry. Never, ever is angry beautiful or pretty, but it does do some good. While doing research for this sermon, I found out that the invention of the dial on our telephones was really the invention of an irate funeral director who thought the telephone operators were bungling his calls. And as a result, we have that simple invention. Come to this church, you'd be surprised the knowledge you find from time to time. Anger can be and has been a very good and creative thing, but the Bible doesn't necessarily tell us that side of anger. Instead, in the passage which we read as our scripture reading and in other portions of the Holy Word, we kept getting the impression that anger is something of a very dangerous, volatile nature. It is something that we should handle with great care. Be slow to anger, says the writer of the epistle of James. Be slow to anger, so though anger can be good, it can be very, very destructive. And before we begin to take great amount of pride in what we call our righteous indignation, may we remember these words of the Holy Scripture, that anger is a very, very, very dangerous emotion. It's live dynamite in each one of us. You know, and when you stop to think about it, as always, the Bible always knows what it's talking about. Anger, you see, is very, very dangerous in that it can bring on disease. Now, I, I didn't realize this until only recently, 
when trying to figure out what we might be able to do with the amount of anger, conscious and unconscious, which seems to be in the world at the present time. I didn't realize, from a medical point of view, how damaging anger is to the person who gets angry. The last time you blew your top, do you know what actually happened within that thing that you call your body, in which you try to care for in a very healthful and wonderful way? According to one of those experts in psychosomatic medicine, he's from Harvard University, he tells you exactly what happened to you the last time, whether it was last week or last hour, that you got angry. He says that when you get angry, or when I get angry, various things happen within us that we don't recognize medically. The respiration deepens. The heart beats faster. The blood pressure rises. The blood that is supposed to be around the stomach and intestines shifts to where the great demand is needed in the heart, in the central nervous system, and in the muscles. The liver sets off some of the sugar that it has in reserve. The particular digestive system in our alimentary canal suddenly ceases and no longer for a while operates. Our spleen explodes a little bit sending forth concentrated corpuscles and adrenaline is secreted from our adrenal medulla. Yeah. All of that happened the last time you got excited and angry when somebody took the parking spot that you thought you were going to get. From a medical point of view, that's what happens every time a person gets angry. Now, we don't realize this every time. Oh, we see it, not in ourselves, always in the other guy when he or she gets angry. We recognize it with the flushed face, with the swollen neck veins, with the, with the clenched fist and the set mouth. We see these things, but we don't realize how when they happen time and time and time and time again, the damage that they can bring to the physical nature of the person, let alone anything in the spiritual realm. Experts in this field are claiming today that anger can be, can be, conscious or unconscious anger can be the cause of hypertension, backache, headache, colitis, asthma, some thyroid conditions, and some types of arthritis. Why, they even have a study in Cornell University where they say they can document with proof that anger is a cause for the simple cold 
We don't realize, you see, what happens to us and to the whole world when suddenly we become ignited with this emotion of anger. It's very dangerous, you see, very dangerous because of what it can do in forming disease. And it, it's very dangerous because it has the power to destroy. You see, you never want to underestimate the power of anger. From a theological point of view, I think I can really prove to you that the reason we have that emotion is so that we have the power to destroy. You see, anger is not one of those just little emotions like gluttony or lust or deceit. No, it's one of the great, great, big, powerful emotions. It's one of the big guys. And you never want to use it unless you have the desire to destroy. You see, we, we forget that. And we bring in the big artillery when the big artillery is not needed. But we use the big artillery like anger. And then it destroys when only we wanted to do was just hurt or maim. And then it's too late. You never really want to use anger unless you want to destroy. That's the only time Jesus used it. You read the Gospels very carefully. And here Jesus had before him hypocrisy, and he wanted to kill it. So with anger, he called the scribes and the Pharisees hypocrites, whited, washed tombs, a brood of vipers. Jesus wanted to kill the stench that had come into the church through all sorts of commercialism and self-glorification. So with anger, he took whip in hand and began to overturn the tables of the money changers and chasing those pigeon salesmen out of the temple of the sacred. Don't use anger ever unless you intend to destroy. That's hard for us to learn because you see what makes us anger, angry somebody's hurt us we've been offended our self-esteem has been wounded and usually it happens by somebody who we love and who loves us but temporarily we've come into a confrontation where we just want to hurt or sting or teach or just get them a little upset because they got us a little upset. We, we really don't want to do a lot of damage. No, we just, we just want them to know that we can hurt them. 